Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Inman, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. It is so good to be present with some of our church council who are helping us to practice and prepare for next week when we have the opportunity to begin welcoming others back in. Once again, we're keeping that to a limit of 25 people at the Pathway service and 25 worshipers that'll be a part of the tradition service, so you'll have an opportunity to sign up. And this morning, if you're watching this online, we really want to say we are sorry because just this week, I was listening to a podcast about communications, and it said, what do you do? When the internet drops. (laughs) Well, we're experimenting and we're learning that today. I think I shouldn't have listened to that particular podcast because we are having significant issues with the internet here at the church today. But hopefully we will be able to get that worked out and uh, we will be able to share a recording of this service if you aren't able to watch it live right now. So thank you for being a part of this today. Thank you for those that are gathered. I'm looking at a lot of happy eyes present above those masks, and so it is good to be present. So let us go to God in prayer. Lord God Almighty, we give thanks for this day. We give thanks for the opportunity to, to be present, whether we are physically present or digitally present. Lord, we are brought together and made one by your Holy Spirit, that Spirit that guides us, directs us, encourages us, sustains us. And may that spirit now open our hearts and minds as we receive the word that has been read and now the word that is to be proclaimed. By that spirit, would you transform the words that proceed from my mouth and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into the word of God that we need to hear today, individually and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, Amen. If you have ever attended a wedding, there is a pretty good chance that you have heard that passage of Scripture that Savannah read just a few moments ago. I'd be willing to wager that as the beautiful bride and the handsome groom stood flanked by some of their closest friends, there might have been a tear beginning to well up in the corner of the eye. And many times, just before that couple is to recite the vows that have been prepared, that they have gone over, you have heard these words read. And you will hear that pastor read, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Now, if I am the officiant at that service, many times after reading that scripture, I will share some words that have been shared with me from years ago from a wise man who suggested that instead of using the word love, In that particular passage of scripture, we might replace it with the names 
of the couple that is joining together in holy matrimony. And so then I begin to give them an example. And so just for my own sake, I'll use myself and my wife in the way that it might sound like this. Adam is patient. Yes, indeed. Jennifer is kind. Yes, she is. Adam is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude most of the time. Jennifer does not insist on her own way, which is true. Adam is not irritable or resentful. Jennifer does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Adam believes, bears all things. Jennifer believes all things. Adam hopes all things. And Adam and Jennifer endure all things. Love never ends. That simple exercise, it does sound quite funny at times to throw in the names, but it reminds us of the way that we're called to live out the love that we're professing. And a few years ago, I had an opportunity to meet Bob Goff, who's a New York Times best-selling author of books like Dream Big and Everybody Always. And at the event that we were sharing in, Bob was really having most of his talks from his first book, Love Does. And one of my favorite lines from that book reads like this. The world can make you think that love can be picked up at a garage sale or can be enveloped in a Hallmark card. But the kind of love that God created and demonstrated is a costly one because it involves sacrifice and presence. It's a love that operates more like a sign language than being spoken outright. It's a brand of love that doesn't think about good things or agree with them or talk about them. Love does. I love those words. And when I read 1 Corinthians 13, which a lot of times we refer to it as the love chapter, when it's read just before the vows are to be taken, we are reminded of Paul's words that are to serve as a reminder to this happy couple and everybody that is gathered together in that place that it is an action love does. If love doesn't, well, Paul had a word about that too, didn't he, at the beginning of that passage if I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, I'll be honest, I was tempted to have Derek stay up here on the stage for this today. And when I said that line, I thought maybe he could bang on the drums or bang on the cymbals, but I thought it might be a little too symbolic. You had to wait for that one. The past few weeks, we've had a chance to talk about a different set of vows. Past few weeks, we've been talking about the vows that we take when we join the church. As a congregation, every time that somebody joins the church, we also have an opportunity to renew those vows. We, as we welcome them into the church, we say that with you, we renew our vows to uphold it by our prayers, our presence, our gifts our service, and our witness. See, when we entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we entered into a relationship of service. See, Jesus himself was that ultimate servant for us. He modeled it time and time again, but he modeled it so beautifully. In John chapter 13, 
Who can ever forget the night that Jesus served the disciples as they were gathered there in the upper room? John 13 says that he got up from the table, he took off his outer robe, and he tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water in a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples around him. And then it continues later on, and it says, After he had washed their feet, he put on his robe and returned to the table, and he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example, that you should do as I have done to you. Truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. I love the way that Jesus reminds us of the love that we have for someone else is to be made manifest in the way that we live, that we live the love that we have. As Jesus reminds us of that, as it said, he, he sets a model for us, an example for us. And last week, we talked about generosity, and we said that generosity is a choice that we make and so it is a vow that we take. And in that same way, when we serve one another, service really is, it's a choice that we make, which is why it is a vow that we take. Now you think about it. There is no way on the night before he was to give himself up for all of us that Jesus had thought to himself, you know, one more thing that I really would like to do before I die. I'd love to wash the dirty feet of my closest friends. There's no way that that was what Jesus had wanted to do on that last night. That's what Jesus knew he needed to do. He needed to demonstrate one humbling himself and serving those that he loved. That humble act of service just shows us a small amount of how much love he had for them. And you know what? As people, we do things that we do not want to do for the people that we love. As people of God, we oftentimes do things that we really do not want to do for the causes that we love. And goodness knows, we many times do things that we really do not want to do for God and the embodiment of God as we know it, the church. We do those things. So that we won't just be a noisy gong or clanging symbol when we say that we love someone or love something. We live it out. We live out our love. And it may not be the things that we always want to do. But it's a way that we serve somebody else. Because it's something bigger than us. Now some of you may know that every Friday I take off as my day of Sabbath, my I won't really call it a day of rest, and I'll explain why in just a moment, but Sundays for the pastor's family are often days 
filled with busy uh, worship services and then opportunities to meet with other people and have committee meetings. And so Sundays, having grown up in the Parsonage family, I always knew Sunday was a day of activity. And so Sunday for the pastor would never be really a day of rest. And so we intentionally have to try to find a different day that we can take to sort of unplug, to be recreated, regenerated, recharged. And so I take Friday as my day off. And that's been my practice for many years. And one of the things at first when I took that Friday as my day off, I wanted to do it as a holy Sabbath. That's right. I would sleep as late as I could. I'd get up, have a cup of coffee while my wife was off hard at work and my children off at school. And I would lounge around the house and do nothing. (laughs) It was glorious. But then Saturday came. We had soccer games to go to. We had this activity to go to. And all the while, we had two dogs and two cats and two boys. And in the midst of all of life, we had a house that seemed to accumulate dust and dog hair and cat hair and clutter. And so Saturdays, in the midst of all of our busyness, instead of enjoying to get to have what little bit of time we had to have fun and enjoy being with one another, we were having to tend to that unfun stuff. And so at some point in time, I began to feel guilty about sleeping in as late as I could on Friday, lounging around the house, not doing anything. Doesn't it sound glorious? But I've recognized I wanted to spend that time with my family, with my spouse, in funner ways on Saturday. And so I made a choice. And since that time, every Friday, I sweep, I dust, I mop. I vacuum, and it is a gift. It is my modeling the love that I have for my family, for my spouse. I do that. And you know what? At first, I hated it. I I can't say I love it to this day, but I love getting to do something for somebody else. Because in that, I know it's a gift, a gift of time, a gift of demonstrating my love for, for my family, for my spouse. It's a gift that I then receive the blessing of getting to spend that time with her. You know, it may sound silly, but we all should find ways that we can serve the people around us. Because then it becomes not just the words that we say, but it becomes the words that we love and we live. We also, as I said, we like to serve for the causes that we love. I love how here in the church we have people that have very specific passions for very different ministries. And people see that opportunity to be able to make a difference in their community, to help people find their place in God's story. I love that people in this church have such a passion for those that may be hungry and those that may have need. And so we have worked so hard and had volunteers that are here to prepare for backpack buddies and to serve those through porch. And they go out and give of their time. And just a month or so ago, it was beautiful as we were participating in a porch food distribution over in Hillsborough. It was raining. Do you know how uncomfortable it is to wear a raincoat when it's still warm outside and wear a mask. I mean, it was bad enough I had fog coming up on the inside of my glasses. Then I had raindrops on the outside of my glasses. And it was a challenge. But it was beautiful to get to see the other people in the church because they were demonstrating that they had a love for this cause of feeding the people that are hungry. When we love something that goes beyond us, we're going to live that something beyond us. 
Because if we say that we're concerned about the hungry, if we say that we're concerned about racial injustice, if we say that we're concerned about all the different struggles that are going on in the world today and do nothing about it, then guess what? Like Paul said, we have become a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. We do the things that we don't want to do for the causes that we love. And we also... We are called into this relationship of service with God. And when we understand that the church is the physical manifestation of Jesus Christ today, it's God's presence in the world today. And we say, I love God. Then you know what? The way that we live that love means we're called to a life of service within that. Just today, you have seen people up here volunteering, coming together. They have given their time through rehearsal. You have witnessed the way that they have shared their gifts and their talents. And that is for a love of God and for His church. We have people that are volunteering as ushers. We have people just yesterday, people that gave up their time Saturday to go out and to rake and to, to clip branches around the church property, to, to do all sorts of cleanup things, to be able to make this place ready for when people begin gathering here once again. And you know what? I don't know that anybody showed up and said, boy, I love to use hedge clippers all day. No, nobody said that. But you know what they do love? They love the church. They love God. And they love the opportunity to serve one another. We're called into a life of service. And I'm so thankful for the many of you that have been contacted and reached out and asked, would you be willing to serve within the church in different committees and areas? Because it's in that service that we are truly demonstrating the love that we have for God. Folks, when we call, are called into this relationship with Jesus, the one who modeled it for us by washing his disciples' feet, we are called to live that love because love does. It's not just something we say. It becomes something we do. I challenge you. In a few weeks, in a, just a couple of weeks or so, we're having a special covenant renewal service. And on that Sunday, we're going to be inviting you to commit. Make a commitment. We're going to invite you to make a commitment to all five of these areas and the ways that you might be able to renew your commitment. And so in that, you're going to be challenged to be invited to, to decide how much you're going to support the church with your prayers. Will you be praying over our prayer list every day, one or two times a week? Will you be praying for your church, for your church leadership, for your church staff? Will you be praying for the children, for the youth? We're going to invite you to make a commitment to decide how much you're going to pray. We're going to invite you to support the church with your presence, whether that means that you're going to pledge to try to be present in worship or being present online, as hopefully some of you are able to be today, or are you going to be present through a Sunday school class, through a small group? Are you going to be present? Because as Pastor Brad mentioned uh, just a couple of weeks ago, how presence is that demonstration of love. How we're with one another. So you'll be invited to commit to that. You'll be invited to commit to your gifts. And the way that you are giving back to the church. And the giving, uh, supporting the ministry and the work of the church. And so you'll be invited to make that pledge. But we're also going to ask you to make a pledge to service. 
How might you serve? I invite you to serve someone in your household, your family. But I invite you to serve somebody also in the community. Serve within Habitat for Humanity, one of the food drives, a blood drive, something within your community. And you'll be challenged to pledge to support the church with your service. All of these are acts and ways that we live up to the vows and we fulfill what love is. It's not just the words. It's our actions. Love does. Let us pray. God of grace and God of mercy, we do give thanks for the way that you have demonstrated the love for us. The love that you have for us was made real for us when Jesus offered himself up on the cross. And in response to that sacrifice for us, Lord, we humbly repent of our ways. and We come to walk alongside you. And we enter into this life of serving one another, serving beyond ourselves. Love we do, Lord, we do that because of the love that we have for you. So by the power of your Holy Spirit, may you help us find the discernment to understand the ways that we might serve and serve others so that you might be glorified through us. We pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.